Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our good friends over at Scentlock. Um, I want to rave a little bit about I talk all the time about the BE1 series from Scentlock and how it's a complete toolkit. This last weekend, I was traveling and I had a lot of equipment with me. I had camera arms and tripods and three different cameras and a soundboard. I had a lot of equipment with me. And I got everything through airport and to Salt Lake and back using nothing but the duffel bag and the grinder backpack. Um, and I made a funny comment on Instagram that this should be called the airport traveler elite series instead of the bow hunter elite series. Uh, but guys, what really completes off that, that BE one series is not only just the clothing, but all of the pieces they've added in now, like the duffel bag, like the backpack, like the gloves and the belts and the, and, and all the accessories to go along to really complete out that bow hunter toolkit. I would highly recommend you to check out the BE one toolkit. I would highly recommend you to check out. Uh, the bags front in the BE1 toolkit to really just round off that complete system. Go check them out, scentlock.com. I've got a special guest on the phone, one I'm excited to have. Um, one that, uh, well, I don't know how to say it. Um, one that is kind of the king of selling bare bows, if you will. Can I say that? I, I guess you can. I, I, I guess that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody that can deny it, right? Uh, that, that's what they tell me at bear. I, I, you know, we, we're just, uh, we're just a little shop that sells a lot of bear bows. There you go, man. No, I've got Brian Dickus from Mike's archery. How are you, man? Doing great. Glad to be on the podcast today. Absolutely. It, it's an absolute pleasure. And, uh, and who better to have on the bear archery podcast than the guy who sells more bear bows than anybody else. You know what I mean? Well, we, we try to, we try to stay under the radar and, uh, just, sell 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 and um i guess we get recognized from time to time and that's that's not a bad thing yeah yeah it's, it's hard to fly under the radar when bears saying hey this is our biggest dealer and our best dealer go check them out <laughs> <laughs> yep we, we try to take care of several things for them and uh it's it's great to be part of the team it's, it's been a fun fun process i mean uh when we started back in 71 i've got i've got stuff here uh, from the original Fred Bear and, and long before Escalade took over. And so we've been doing bear archery a long time. I've got a few plaques and things from the 70s hanging here at the shop. And um, so it, it's definitely not new business to us by any means, but it, it's fun to see the evolution and the change and, and the way Escalade kind of took it to a what I would consider a new level. I think I think Fred would be proud. Yeah, that's actually, as somebody who has sold bear um, pretty much, I mean, your entire life, 
what have you what have you seen change uh, about bear and, and not only just the products but uh you know i do believe a lot has changed about the products but uh, about the company the organization um you know i've only been involved with bear for well comparatively to you a, a very short time um and even i myself have seen things change inside of bear that are just incredibly exciting um so over the years, what have you seen really change about Bear that's that's got you fired up? Oh wow! Um, I mean, just just coming from the the years of of doing archery. I mean, if there's anything constant, it is change, and and Bear's no different there. I mean, uh, I remember several years ago when they actually when Escalade was kind of buying up Bear. I mean, you know, Dad always talks about being BC and before compounds. You know, we sold a lot of a lot of recurves back in the day and obviously those changes have, have progressed tremendously. Um, but as a company, they, they really came on board there, uh, with Escalade. And I, I don't remember exactly what year that took place. I want to say late nineties, early two thousands, maybe somebody over there can correct me on that. Cause I don't specifically remember, but, um, when they really started buying up the companies and, and really getting a handle on the brand and kind of what I would consider reviving it. I mean, uh, Bear obviously has been there and is, is what we would consider a, a father of the industry and in modern archery, but um, I, it had really kind of slacked off there somewhat in the 90s. I mean, with Fred Bear dying in the late 80s there, and then Escalade coming in, they bought Bear and Jennings at the same time, and I remember sitting down at, at uh, one of the last ATA shows that uh, Tom Jennings was at, and Dad said, hey, you really need to go over here, and we need to go sit down with Tom and and talk to him, and and I realize that's a little little different. Maybe people don't realize that, that Escalated bought up Bear and Jennings about the same time. And uh, so I got to sit down with Tom Jennings, and he was in his late 80s, I think. And uh, it was really cool to see that but and spend some time talking to him and how much he remembered dealing with Dad over the years with, with Jennings Archery, which is another, you know, pioneer of the industry in compound bows. And, um, you know, I never got a chance to meet Fred myself, but Dad did several times. But just the evolving of that that change of branding, I think there in the '90s, when when Escalade really took a hold of Bear Archery and said we're gonna we're gonna put some some drive behind this thing and started building off the uh, you know just the tradition and the the lineage of what had been there and uh, you know just all the traditions and things. I think they've done an excellent job from the marketing side of of kind of branding themselves as you know, something I think Fred Bear would have been proud of. And, and as they continue to grow, uh, they, they've definitely gained some market share. Now they've helped, you know, Fred helped introduce the sport of archery to a lot of folks in the sixties and fifties and, and whatnot, and, and on into the seventies. But, but I think bear archery has kind of come full circle and, and taken archery back to the common guy. Um, you know, we, we sell a lot of bow brands here at Mike's archery. So, I mean, we, we pretty much, sell all the major brands but we are one of the largest bear dealers in the country and and my opinion of what i've seen bear transition themselves as and, and do a great job of is being the common man's bow um not that they don't make great products because they do they, they make a bow you know the, that new refine and, and some of those models and the redemption in those last couple of years I, i'd put them up against anything uh they're as good a bow out there i mean nobody makes a bad bow but nobody usually puts bear in the same category as a Hoyt or a Matthews possibly, but they, they definitely make a bow that competes side by side right there with them, but they have kept the price down a little lower, but they've also kept a great price point of a bow 
there to the common guy. I mean, being a, you know, a 400 to $600 package, the average guy walking in uh, can still get in the woods and, and have a great product. And, and just as they've innovated over the years, they've just brought so much technology from the top that you can now get into what I would consider a mid-range, mid-price point bow. And uh, it, it's been really cool to watch that change. I mean, you go back 15, 20 years ago and it was just building. <laughs> now, I didn't want to go on this rant, but I'm going to have to. Sorry. <laughs> No, 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 that's good. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I need to, uh, before I do, um, and, and this might be a long one, but before I do, uh, let me <laughs> give right. a thank you to our friends over at, uh, minus 33 minus 33 is phenomenal in the making of, of Merino wool. I'm a huge fan of Merino, um, for, for many, many reasons. Um, and minus 33 just does it really well. If you're in the market for new Merino, and certainly if you've never checked out any Merino, I would highly recommend you to check out Minus 33. It will change the way that you layer. It will change the way that you hunt. Um, go check it out. Now, here's the rant I want to go on. Uh, and I'm, I wanted to go on it this weekend in person, but I couldn't due to the <laughs> nature of who was speaking um, and, and, and who it would have gotten me in trouble with. There was a gentleman this last weekend at the Pope and Young convention at, uh, at the Pope and Young Bowhunters Bash in, in Ogden, Utah. And he got himself a brand new bear archery, um, legit. It was his first bow. He was incredibly excited. I was incredibly excited for him. Um, I went and told him, hey, man. Nice little package bow. It I is. mean, it's a great bow. I went and told him, I said, hey, man, uh, phenomenal bow. Um, great job. I'm glad you won it. In the same evening, uh, the gentleman picked up a moose hunt in Alaska, um, which he had not indicated that he was going to take any bow, much less the bow that he just got. Um, you know, he could have very well planned on going on a rifle hunt, which would have been perfectly fine. It's your hunt. Do what you want with it. Um, and there was a gentleman sure, at the Pope and Young Banquet. I would hope you'd do it with a bow. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a gentleman there and, uh, and I cannot say any names. I will get fired. Um, there was a gentleman there who piped up and said, Hey, that bow is not quite good enough for what you want to do with it. Uh, come see me and I'll get you hooked up. And, um, he continued to go on and on and on about how that bow wasn't sufficient for the hunt that he had just purchased. And I sat and I bit my tongue, um, because again, I didn't feel like getting fired that evening, but, um, <laughs> probably best. I sat and I bit my tongue. Let me just go on a rant now that I can. Uh, and if the gentleman hears it, he'll fully know who I'm talking about, but there's nothing you can do about it now. So um, shut your mouth first and foremost. <laughs> um, and I'm not just talking to you, uh, to, to the gentleman. I'm talking to anybody who has anything negative to say about somebody else's bow. Um, because A... That, that's one thing we have... We have pri I mean... That's just not how you do business for anybody, in my opinion. But 100%. And now let me, let me say this. He did not work for another bow company. Um, he do, he does not have, he does not, is not employed by another bow company. Um, so that wasn't the standpoint he was taking. But um, I can fully promise you that if that gentleman is to set up that legit the way it needs to be set up and he is to make a good shot with a heavy enough draw length and a heavy enough poundage, which... Uh, he's a big, burly military vet. I guarantee you he would have. Um, that that bow could very well kill a moose. Now, would I Absolutely. choose to take... Absolutely can. 
Exactly. Would I choose to take the legit on a moose hunt? Probably not. Um, if someone chose to, would it get the job done? Absolutely. Now, I know where the gentleman's coming from. Should he have approached it a little differently? Absolutely. Should you have said, hey, maybe you should change out the sights? Uh, because I definitely wouldn't take those sights on a moose hunt. Uh, should you talk about maybe changing stabilizer setup or, or whatever it might be? Sure. But don't flat out tell someone the bow that you have, especially when you've just bought your first bow, is not good enough to do what you want it to do. And listen, if you have anything to say about how bear archery will not kill animals, tell that to Chuck Adams. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I've known Chuck for a long time and been a good friend of the family. And uh, there, there's nobody can hold a candle to that man on, on killing stuff. And, and uh, you know, when I saw you guys bring uh, Chuck on at the beginning of the year, I was kind of like, that's that's pretty amazing because he's been at Hoyt a long time. And when I say a long time, like pretty much his entire career. Yeah, and, uh, 35 years. And or absolutely. Like that. that guy, you know, I mean, just – I mean, along that same line as, as your rant, I'll, I'll rant on a, a similar tangent because um, it's one of our pet peeves here at the shop is when somebody calls in or stops in here at the shop or whatever they need. And uh, we, we've had several instances of it here even recently of a guy walking in and he's been to multiple other shops and he says, man, I got to he walks in. I want my first bow or maybe I just want a new bow. And my budget's 500 bucks. I go, okay, cool. We can work with that. Here, here's what we've got. The Alaska, he's like, well, it's just this other. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he, he's like, well, it's just this other shop. And they looked at me and said, well, you know, here, you know, we're hearing you, but we're, here's, here's an $800 bow or here's a $1,000 bow. Well, I mean, we've been killing them with sticks and strings and recurves and 40 pounds uh, for hundreds of years and thousands of years. Uh, if you can't tell me the technology that we've got in a three or $400 bow can't kill any animal in North America for the most part, uh, with the proper setup and the proper broadhead, uh, you're, you're terribly wrong. But, but when you tell a guy that he walks in and goes, you know, I, I'm just not sure I want to try archery or, you know, I'm just getting into my first bow or, Hey, I just don't have a great job. And my, my budget is this, you know, or, or whatever reason, my budget is 500 bucks. The wife said, I can't spend any more than that. And here's where we're at. Then, then don't look at him and go, well, let's walk you over here to the carbon wall and get you a $1,500 bow and then, you know, rig it out. The guy wants to shoot archery. Let's, let's put a bow in the man's hand or the woman's hand or the kid's hand or whoever wants to shoot and make it an enjoyable experience. The product that fits them works properly and they can enjoy the sport. And if they choose to hunt with it, there's no doubt anything in the bear lineup will kill anything with the proper poundage and the proper setup. Um, and here's the problem I've is you make, years, them there's, feel, there's, you, you make them feel lesser make them feel of a inferior. hunter. Yes. <laughs> and listen, I used to be uh, along that same. I used to be <laughs> that guy. I used to be the guy yeah. that looked down on the guys who shot a $300. I was a gear junkie. I used to be that way. Uh, now I'm the complete opposite. Now I'm like, dude, I want to shoot the Alaskan because it's a flat out shooter. And the first time somebody says something about it, I'm like, well, you want to shoot for dollar bills, you know? Um, because yeah, it'll it, hold it. It's, it, it'll it's not shoot the, it's not the equipment this day and age for sure. It's I've always said it's the guy behind the bow and, and no matter what bow you put in my hand or your hand, if you practice with it and become proficient, 
all the animals that I've been fortunate enough to take and, and all the hunts I've been on and dad's been on, um, there, there's no doubt that, you know, not at no point in time did the bow kill the animal. You, you had to be in the right place at the right time, make the right moves and make the shot. Absolutely. And what was in my hand, I'm not going to say it had no effect on that because it does. I mean, good equipment is good equipment, but I, you know, I, I don't know that I would have killed any more deer at 22 yards if I'd have been shooting a legit versus a refined. <laughs> 100%. Now, I, I, again, I will openly say the legit is not what I would choose to take on a moose, a moose hunt in Alaska. Um, but given that that was my first bow and I was incredibly excited to have it, um, I certainly wouldn't be afraid to take it. No. Uh, I mean... Like I said, when you walk into the shop, if you ask me what I'm shooting, no, it's not a legit. But I've also been shooting my entire life. And so it's hard to walk into a shop. I, I, you know, I'm typically shooting the top of most everything when you walk into the shop. But I can. I have that opportunity. I have that ability. Uh, and I'm privileged to be able to do it. But that's not everybody. And that's not that's that's why there's so many options out there. there there's something for everybody to make them make them fit and enjoy the, the sport um, and come on board. And, you know, but it's also hard for me to say, Hey, you need to buy the top end bow. If I'm, if I'm not shooting a top end bow <laughs> at the same All time, right. uh, you know, are there differences? Absolutely. Are there, are there better things about the top end bows? Absolutely. Um, but, but you can get it done with all of them. Yeah. No, I told somebody I was, uh, Along the same lines, I was telling them, they were saying, you know, I got, I got to get a new bow, man. What should I get? You know, and I'm like, dude, uh, the Alaskan's a stinking shooter. And uh, and they were like, oh, no, you know, turning their nose up and, and, you know, basically looking down on the bow. And they're not a bear shooter. And I said, well, dude, I can promise you that whether you spend $1,800 on a bow or whether you buy the 529 Alaskan, you will never outshoot either of the bows. Like you yourself, and I'm not just talking bad about most you. Most people can't or, shoot to the, yeah, most people 100%. can't shoot to the ability of the equipment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking directly to you or to your abilities. I'm talking to everyone. You will not outshoot a bow um, in today's age. Listen, the Alaska, or the, the even the, the legit. Uh, now, let me, now I got to tread back a little bit. Uh, <laughs> if I try to take the to the legit out to 100, 120 yards, I, I might struggle a bit, uh, given the equipment. But I'll never outshoot that bow at 20, 30, 40. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna hit exactly where hey, I pointed. You're at 20, gonna 30, kill 40. everything you hunt. Yeah, I mean, nothing against shooting. I mean, it's fun to shoot those long distances, but at the end of the day, um it's probably not the most ethical choice. Everything's got to be just perfect to pull something off like that off, especially with a, a live animal. It's, it's certainly good to test your abilities and have fun with those longer, longer shots, but Hey, we're bow hunting. And, and the whole point of bow hunting was to get as close as you can. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't to get as far away as possible and see if you could lob one in there. It was, it, it's the excitement. It's the ability to sneak in, to get 15, 20, 25 yards, uh, of your prey and pull it off you know you, you've accomplished something um, but along those same lines I mean we we had a picture come in the other day and one of my guys showed it to me and it was a and it was a gentleman 
who had sent a picture of his musk ox in they had taken in the arctic and in the picture he had a bare bow in the picture and it was probably i'm trying to remember which model it was but i'm thinking it was like a truth or something like that or truth too and i mean that that goes back several years uh since they had that that bow and uh, when my guys made the comment he goes there's a perfect example of save for the hunt and don't worry about the equipment because he's probably maintained it, put new strings and cables on it. It's a shooter of a bow. It does great. So if you can run out every year, and this is probably a bad sales promotion here, but you know, if, if you run out and spend $1,200 every year on a bow, um, you know, you, you can save $1,200 a year and go on a muskox hunt after five or seven you know, or 10, yeah. you know, just put your money but back. If you and go on are, a cool but, but if you are going to spend $1,200 on a new bow every year, Mike's Archery is the place to do it. That's it. That's it. If you, if you need it, we got it. We'll put I had it to pull that commercial that, back in for you. Yeah, sir. That was, that was a, that was a partial anti-sales tactic, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I, I yeah. mean, you, you don't have to have the latest and the greatest of everything to enjoy archery or to be successful and to go on these big hunts and to kill great animals. Uh, you just got to have the drive and the preparation uh, and, and want to do it. Uh, that, well, that's what you need. And, and, and looping back, you know, <laughs> I had a guy just this weekend say, man, I wish I could afford to go on hunts like that. And I said, yeah, you know, it is, it is a $5,000 hunt. I said, but you know what, if you want that, Quit smoking cigarettes. You know what I mean? Something. I'm not saying the, the gentleman didn't smoke. I'm not saying that. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I know what you're saying. There, there's something. It, if there's, and, and over the years, we've been, you know, pretty adamant about things like this. We, we've got a lot of customers all over the country. And, and a lot of those guys, if, if bow hunting is your passion, you will find a way. Uh, you will absolutely find a way, whether that's giving up some little thing or whether that's, you know, putting 50 bucks a month back or a hundred bucks a month back, you know, wherever you can, however you can, if you want to go on some of those really cool hunts, I'm not saying, you know, not everybody is going to make it to where they can go on a sheep hunt or something like that. Um, but you but know, I it may do. be a once in a lifetime deal. Um, I was talking, know, with, depending I was on what talking you're doing. with, I was talking with Frank Nosco one time. Um, I don't know if you know who he is, uh, yep. but he, yeah, I know Frank. Oh, I don't know him personally, but I know who you're talking about. But he is two and uh, three animals away from completing the North American Super Slam for the third time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was gonna say he's <laughs> he's done it multiple times. <laughs> and somebody somebody was like, it, we had the same conversation, and he said, "Well, look, look, dude. He's like, I drive a. I don't remember what year he said, but he's like, I drive a 2001 pickup that has been paid off for you know." 32 21 years now um for 21 years now i carry liability yeah. insurance on it i live in a single bedroom one bath house because i want to be able to go on hunts and yeah for the you same gotta, guys who sit back and say for the same guys who sit back and say oh, i wish i could go on a on an elk hunt i wish i could go on a guided moose hunt well you might have to trim off a vacation or two you might have to you might have to say, "Well, honey, listen. Can we only go on one vacation this year? Because I I yeah, want to go." Might, might be a might be a hard sell for some some folks, but yeah, I mean, there's this. 
Exactly. You got to decide what your priorities are and, and whether it's $10,000 to Disney uh, this summer or whether it's $10,000 towards a, you know, a hunt and, you know, or, or maybe $5,000 and you go to the beach instead of going to Disney and $5,000 towards an elk hunt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now, now listen, guys, don't, please don't email me. Um, and please don't get mad at me. I, I have a wife. I have kids. I understand. I take, I, I try to send my wife on vacations. I try to go on a family vacation every year. I get it. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is, you know, there were multiple years where I told my wife, listen, 20 bucks a month. I'm just going to budget 20 bucks a month to put into an account. That way I can save up for a hunt. And it took me two years to get the hunt. Um, but every month I just set aside 20 bucks and I went on a hunt. Sure. Um, and, and before I started working for bear that it was the same deal. It was like, honey, listen, I'm going to set aside 30 bucks a month, uh, so I can get a new bow. I'm going to set aside whatever. And, and I just made it a priority. I, guys, I understand. Like, I'm not saying I'm, I'm some super rich dude. Um, and I can go on anything I want to. My wife wants to go on a vacation this year. And, and I said, well, honey, let's tone it back. I got an elk hunt this September. Uh, let's tone it back. I, I'll still take you on vacation. Uh, maybe just not a $5,000 vacation. Let's go on a cruise yeah. where we can go on a week long vacation for 1200 bucks. You know, let's, yeah, let's look at and this. And we realize the economy's not the best we've seen recently. You know, things are getting tight out there, but I, like I said, you got to pick and choose some things and, and hopefully archery's archery's one of them. Might there's I just, just say so too, much. there's some incredible ways to go on some awesome hunts for pretty cheap. There is. Um, if you just look. And you know, like I said, we don't all have to go on sheep hunts. I mean, there's a lot of other great stuff out there. If you just want to do something different, I mean, uh, a bear hunt is an example of, you know, not a crazy expensive hunt, but just an awesome experience or, uh, you know, an antelope hunt. I mean, I'm taking the family on an antelope hunt here in August along with sending some of the employees out and, you know, it's not an expensive hunt, but it's something different. It's something cool. Um, you know, a lot of folks have a lot of access to hogs or, you know, all around the country. And there's just, there's a ton of animals that you can go hunt and have a great time and you don't have to spend $10,000. Yeah, absolutely. Also, if you need to hire anybody else on, um, you know, I'll do a lot for an antelope hunt. So. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Hey, listen though, for real, I, uh, one year when I was a young buck, I, I really wanted to go on a guided whitetail hunt. Uh, I just wanted to kill a giant whitetail. I wanted to experience what it was like to hunt with a guide. And I called one just a few hours from home and I said, listen, and this is just an idea. This is just ways to get around things. I said, listen, I really want to come on a guided hunt with you, but I don't have the money. I'm 18 years old. Um, I'm in college, uh, you know, whatever. I said, but what I would like to do um, is I'll come every week for the next four months um, until need be and mow, um, whatever you need mowed around the lodge, you know, fields, whatever, um, anything. And then when mowing season's over, I'll continue to come for the next two months and, and just do whatever you need me to do. Um, you know, rake leaves, take out the trash in the, in the lodges, whatever. Um, I'll do whatever you need me to do for one day a week for the next two months. And so for four, for four months, I went every day, I'm sorry, I went one day a week and just helped the guy work around his place. And, and then he gave me, you know, a three day hunt. Um, that, that goes a long way. 
Yeah. Just a workaround. That, that goes a long way, especially if you got a piece of, you know, a piece of land. A lot of guys have leases or maybe you got permission on a, you know, somebody else's family farm and, you know, showing up and, and helping them bale hay in the summer uh, goes a long way, um, you know, or just something that they need around the farm. And, you know, if you want access to some of those, those pieces of property, uh, you know, just knocking on doors is a great start. But when they realize you're not just asking for a handout that, hey, I want to be here 10 years from now and let me help you with this or, hey, I I can help you with that or whatever around the farm. uh, It's it goes a long way to keeping you a nice piece of hunting property, whether it be whitetails or hogs or turkeys or whatever uh, you got in your backyard. You know, as you go out west, it might get you an elk spot or a mule deer place, too. Yeah. Well, it's no it's no secret that i love hunting with liberty ranch outfitters in oklahoma um it's a whitetail hunter's paradise their cabins are phenomenal i mean it is it's a sportsman's paradise the fishing the duck hunting the horseback riding the it's incredible place um but i openly tell Corey from liberty ranch all of the time dude i want to help you like if you need tree stands please let me know um I'll, I'll go buy some and bring them to you. Dude, if you need feeders, please let me know. If you need trail cameras, please let me know. If you need whatever you need, please let me know so I can help. Um, I go down there a couple times leading up to season to help him trim shooting lanes, to help him uh, move feeders around, to help him with food plots, to help him uh, check straps on tree stands, whatever we're doing. But I want to give him a couple days of help. And then I want to give him anything sure. I can do to help him uh, to help him manage the property. Um, and it goes a long ways. Uh, at least I hope it does. Uh, but it goes a long ways. And it, yeah, I'm just, uh, I just wanted to give some examples of, of how, uh, you can really work to, to go on some of these hunts that seem unobtainable. Uh, but there's ways to do it. They absolutely are. Uh, if you are one of those guys that that buy a new bow every year and then wonder why you can't afford to go on any hunts, use the bow. Use your old bow. And when you call an outfitter, you call a landowner, say, well, hey, I've, I've got a bow. It's just a year old. I only shot it 13 times, but now I need a new one. I'll give it to you. Do you do you need a new bow? Um, and it was, <laughs> that kind of stuff goes a long ways. Yep, absolutely. Now, before we move on, I still got a ton of questions about you as a dealer, uh, but we got way off track, which is okay. Yeah, we, uh, we that that was a fun rabbit hole right there. <laughs> yeah, it was a long, big rabbit hole too. <laughs> but before we but move you, on, you, you called it before you started. You said you were going on a rant, and then I ranted with you. So there you I go. Did. Here we are. I did. Uh, I got to give a thank you to my friends over at Nick's Knife Works. Nick Deeker is a, a gentleman right here uh, out of Kansas, and he hand forges his knives. And they are absolutely phenomenal. Now, what makes Nick so special is you tell him what you want. Um, and, and I told him exactly what I wanted uh, down to the color and the the sheath and everything. But I also told him how I wanted it oriented. I told him how I wanted it to clip on. I told him where I wanted it to go. I told him, I, you know, a lightweight. Um, I wanted it to clip on my bino harness this way. And I wanted it, the handle to be right here. And he built me a knife exactly to what I needed. And he'll do the same for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of some cheap knives that I can break because I break knives all the time. But 
there's something to be said about a well-made hand-forged knife that I know for a matter of a fact is always right there. It's ready to roll. It's sharp as all get out, and it's going to last through anything I put it through. Guys, I would highly recommend you to check out Nick's Knife Works on social media. Get with him because he will make you a phenomenal knife. Um, what's it like being the Dealer of the Year Award? Getting the Dealer of the Year Award. <laughs> What's that? Now uh, I, I ask that because I mean, let me say this: uh, it's no doubt, da- it's no doubt, it's no secret that that bow shops are a bit of a dying breed. Um, a lot of bow shops struggle. A lot of bow shops can't make it. A lot of bow shops are closing down, or you see for sale signs in the windows. Um, not Mike's Archery. Mike's Archery is thriving. Um, they're they're growing. They're big. They push a lot of bows out the door. What's it like being the dealer of the year award? Well, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, it's humbling in a lot of ways because uh, by no means was it something we set out as a goal to say, this is what we're going to do. Um, it, it was nothing like that at all. I, I think it's just a, a combination of, of a lot of years of experience, uh, a great quality staff, and uh you know changing with the times a lot of it is is exposure and just having product on the shelves i mean uh we're we're in a day and age where you know two clicks of a button and it's on your doorstep in two days and and we are part of that too you know we we ship a lot of bows to folks that here there and everywhere and um but but giving quality service behind that helps uh especially when you walk in the shop it's a little easier to help a customer when you're hands on here at the shop versus when it gets shipped to them. Uh, there's some things you just can't, uh, you can't do, uh, over the internet, but, uh, but we're in an internet world and things have definitely changed. And, uh, so we've, we've tried to keep up with a little bit of that, but also give a, a personal service along with that, you know, making sure the bows are set. Uh, if the customer knows what they need and, and want, uh, before it goes out the door and, uh, just, you know, it's it's basically taking care of the customer. I don't think there's any secrets to, to having a good business. And that's not just in archery. Uh, that's in everything. And if you take care of the customer and uh, give them a good experience, help them every chance you get, then, um, then certainly they'll be back to see you later. And uh, we, we recently did an article uh, there uh, in Inside Archery, I think in last month's edition or two months ago, something like that. And, and they had asked me for some grassroots ideas and, and you know, being helpful in your community and just giving good customer services is, is what it's all about. I mean, if you can, if you can stay relevant, uh, you know, we do a lot of YouTube stuff and, and, you know, shameless plug. If you, if you're listening, please go subscribe to our YouTube. And, you know, we, we try to cover every bow and a lot of other products out there. And we, we are certainly do a lot of, a lot of bear products and trophy Ridge accessories and things. Uh, we just released that Cajun glow bow for guys out there, but you know, so that has just been one of our new avenues over the last probably four or five years that we've built is some of that YouTube following and, um, guys love it. If, if you're honest, you're straight with them, uh, you know, give them the truth, then they respect you for it. And, uh, you know, you're always going to have some haters and we, we do, and that's okay too. We will take that in stride. And, um, I remember a, a, another bow company, we, we got a little hard on one of their, their bows. We didn't like, you know, a couple of the features of it. And uh, I was talking to the manufacturer and, 
I said, hey, we were a little hard on you. And they were like, hey, we're big boys. We can take it. And I, I was proud of them for that because a lot of them take offense. But uh, when you when you say not perfectly nice things about them, but, you know, nothing's perfect. Uh, there's always room for improvement. And, and a lot of it's an opinion. So, but like I said, just, just taking care of customers, taking care of people, giving them information. Uh, that's, you know, things that have changed in our industry a lot. And like you said, there's there's definitely a lot of small shops that have gone by the wayside. Uh, and and we have a we have a wholesale side as well that's obviously separate from the retail business here, uh, where we've been in business for 50 years. We were a, we were a wholesaler and shipped uh, accessories and, and everything all over the country to a lot of different dealers. And and man, Dad's old Rolodex, you can flip through it, and there's a lot of folks not there anymore. Uh, we've seen a lot of them come and go, um, and that's just unfortunately part of the nature of the beast. Uh, and and we don't want to see that happen because guys need quality instruction. Uh, you know, customers need just quality products. And, uh, you know, we appreciate the fact that we get to ship them a bow, but sometimes you need a little more than what uh, what a phone call and a, and a shipment can do. And, and those pro shops are, a, are certainly a, a backbone of the industry that we need. Uh, and you need to have a good quality place to go. So continue to support your local shops all that you can. Um, but, you know, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't something we set out to do, but it's definitely an honor to be one of the top dealers uh, from Bear. And hopefully we can remain there. You know, everything changes. There's, you know, when you're when you're on the top, we always say there's no place to go but one direction to go. So, um, you know, staying there is harder than getting there sometimes. But it's uh, it's been a fun ride getting to this point, and and we have we have no intentions of letting up on the gas pedal right now. Now, what do you equate? Um, obviously, when people come into your store, um, you are pushing them towards bear. If you weren't, you wouldn't be selling so many. Um, right. Two part question: Why do you push so many people to bear? Question two. Um, never mind. Never. We'll go to question two. Quality next. product at a great value. Easy as that. Easy as that. Um, and, and yeah, it goes back to our old statement of earlier is you're never going to outshoot the $529 bow. Um, never. Doesn't matter how far of a distance. Doesn't really even matter how good of a shot you are. Um, I saw a study. I don't remember who did it or who put it out, uh, but that, you know, shooting machines can't even shoot the difference. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they, yeah, they I can't mean, even shoot. None of us are a hooter shooter. At the yeah. end of the day, none of us are a hooter shooter. Uh, there's going to be flaws in our form and breakdowns in our shots, no matter how good we are. Uh, and, and we're all human. So, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know that I would have killed any more or less animals, uh, you know, unless I just had a bad setup. You know, things happen, bad things happen. You know, cheaper equipment may fail under certain stressors, but at the end of the day, for most folks, uh, like you said, you can't outshoot the equipment most of the time. I mean, you get guys come in all the time and they want, you know, $100 broadheads and, you know, $250 arrow shafts with 1,000 straightness. And that's all well and good in archery. Certainly, there's a lot of mental aspects to archery. If it makes you more confident, if it makes you, you know, more settled in your equipment, that it's the most expensive thing, then by all means, get the best that you can. Um, because if if the mental aspect of your archery is not there and you're not confident in what you've had, 
I mean, over the years I've had bows that I've shot and I'm like, I just, I just can't get it together with this bow. Swap out a sight, swap out a new bow, change it up, something like that. And all of a sudden, you know, that mental thought process of this thing has gone away and you got a new one. So, you know, and it, it all comes together, it seems, but you know, when it, when it comes to all those, those little factors, like you said, you're not going to outshoot the equipment. Most 98% of the guys walk in here um, are, are not a top level shooter. we got a lot of flaws in our forms. We're just average guys trying to enjoy archery uh, and take a few animals and have a good time in the woods. Yeah, absolutely. Um, second part of that question. You said you do a lot of online. I get this question so much. What bow should I buy? And that's a hard answer um, because the answer is go to a bow shop, shoot them all, figure out what feels best by that one. Um, it is. Because it's easy also sometimes to look at a catalog and go, they're refined. That's the most expensive. It's got to be the best. Um, but I will also say that I personally, myself, I bought the refined and that was going to be my bow of choice. And I shot them sight unseen, hadn't shot them, hadn't played with them. And, uh, and then later on I shot the Alaskan and I'm like, Oh, I like this bow better. It fits me better. <laughs> um, I shoot it better. It's more comfortable. Um, it's a more of a pleasure to shoot. Um, wish I would have got it. You know, one of those deals. Um, so not always is it the, Oh, this is the flagship. This is the best bow. Uh, but if somebody can't make it to a bow shop, how do you point them in the right direction of how to choose a bow? So couple, you know, we, we start with some base questions right out of the gate. Um, and, and it, you know, it's obviously everybody's different and, and that's why we make all these different things. That's why there's, you know, whatever, 10, 12, 15 bows in the lineup. Uh, and then, you know, 27 manufacturers on top of that that make a different bow. Every, everything's different to make everybody happy, um, which never works. But anyway, so you, you just got to start with some base questions. Um, one of the main ones that we always start with is what is your budget? Um, there, there's no point in trying to sell a guy a refine if his budget is $399. There's no point in trying to push it. I mean, we always like the upsell. I mean, everybody, you know, that's what we're in business to do is to sell you things by any means. But but what we don't want to do is put you in a product that, that stresses you out or puts you in a bad position. We want to get you the best product and the best bang for your buck that fits what you want. Now, like I said, there's a ton of different options out there. So, you know, there's there's all the base questions of where's your budget? And then, okay, what, you know, what's your draw length? What, what are you pulling? You know, are, are we dealing with somebody who wants 70 pounds and should be shooting 60? Are we dealing with your kid and we're getting him his first bow? You know, is he, is he eight years old? Is he 14 years old? You know, is, is this your wife or, or your daughter or somebody, you know, we, we want to pick a bow that's going to fit you properly. Um, you know, if you're, if you're six, four, you know, I'm not, I can't put you in a, in a legit because it stops at 30 inches, you know, so we, you got to get some baseline questions of, of who you're dealing with. Um, so not only the, you know, budget, but their size, their frame, their physical abilities, you know, are we dealing with somebody who's been hunting for 
20 years? Or are we dealing with the guy who's just getting his first bow and just wants to have a good time in the backyard? You know, what's your purpose? You know, are we, are we hunting deer and hogs in, in Georgia? You know, are we just hunting whitetails here in Ohio? You know, are you planning for an elk trip this fall? Are you that guy that bought the moose hunt? You know, are, are, you, are you the guy that's going on the, the super slam quest like Frank Noska or something or, or Chuck Adams? You know, then wh- where are we at? You know, so some just base questions to figure out what the customer needs and fits for them. Uh, and then giving them the best bang for the buck that we can from there. Um, you know, a lot of times we've got leftover bows and there's nothing wrong with those. A lot of times uh, we sell a lot of bare bows because uh, when you guys change models, as everybody does, a lot of times we'll pick up last year's model. Um, and so a bow that was eight ninety nine, we can put in your hands for six ninety nine or seven ninety nine now. Um, save you a few hundred bucks and still get you a flagship bow from last year. Um, or maybe something that was in that four ninety nine or five ninety nine price point we can put in your hands for three ninety nine or four ninety nine. So there there's a lot of ways to play the game and uh we certainly we just want to get the customer the best bang for their buck. And how we get to that point is you got to ask the customer some some key questions and find out who you're dealing with and, and what what their abilities are uh, so that you can put them in the proper product. Yeah, and that is, you know, like I said, uh, there are some some general things that we can guide you on. I mean, there's some help to be given, uh, but there is no substitution for pick it up and see what feels best. Uh, because what feels best for me, it might not feel best for you. Um, Absolutely. And you know, yeah. Might I say the Alaskan, I mean, you might hate it. Um, same with recurves. I mean, just because I've had so many people call me and say. That's a whole oh, other dude. animal there. When you, when you start playing with a recurve, that's oh, just. Absolutely. That is a lot of feel and a lot of tuning and a lot of, a lot of different things there. Absolutely. Uh, well, it's not so as simple people. as. I've had so many people uh, mention or say or hint at uh, you went with the Kodiak Hunter, so that has to be the best for this year. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on, time out. Not only um, is it very largely what is better for you and what shoots best for you, um, but also each individual bow. Like I might pick up a different Kodiak Hunter and hate it um, just because – I mean, yeah. they are handmade. I don't think guys realize that when it, when you start playing with recurves and longbows, man, and, and because they're handmade, and you guys, you know, you're still using those jigs down there in Gainesville and, and making those things handmade. Every bow is different. Like you said, you pick up this Kodiak Hunter and, and pick up a, the very next one in the box next to it and shoot them both. They may not shoot the same arrow. They may not feel the same. Um, man, a recurve, they're, they're just not as, and I'm not saying anything about quality control by any means. It's just the difference in the wood, man. They just all feel and shoot different. Uh, it's yeah. just the nature of what a recurve and, and longbow are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a perfect example, like I, I've shot the Kodiak Hunter a lot. And I went to the Total Archery Challenge there in Oklahoma with Bear. And I went to pick up the... Um, Kodiak Hunter they had there and I'm like whoa what's wrong with this bow and like what do you mean and I'm like this isn't even the same bow um that I have (laughs) I'm like the grip is four times smaller than the one that I have and uh it was so different like I couldn't even wrap my mind around it um and so I 
there is no substitution for go out, shoot, see what feels best. Um, and that's the I mean, that's certainly one of our recommendations. If you, you know, even if you're going to purchase a bow from us, I um, mean, if you can get, you know, go to one of the box stores, if you can put a couple of them in your hand uh, to, to make a comparison, then come back to your local dealer, come back to us and we'll, we'll get you set up with what you think you like. Uh, like I said, cause you know, I, what I like, you may not like, I like a longer axle to axle bow. You hand me a 30 inch axle to axle bow, you know, I'm six, two, 250 pounds. It just feels too small in my hand. I like a 33 inch bow and, and that's just my wheelhouse. Now, a couple of the other guys here at the shop, man, they got 27 inch draws or shorter guys. You put a 33 or 35 inch bow in their hand and, and they're like, what am I supposed to do with this walking stick? You know, they're, they're looking for compact and, and maybe it's the situation you want to use it in. Uh, you know, if you're constantly hunting out of a ground blind versus, you know, or in a tree stand versus a spot and stalk situation, then, you know, the, the bow setup may be a little different for each person. Um, and like I said, getting what fits for them is, is most important because what we don't want is a customer having a bad experience with, you know, I'm I'm five eight, but somebody put me in a thirty inch draw bow, and now I'm slapping my arm and I can't shoot consistently. Well, that doesn't do anybody any good because now they don't like archery. Um, you just you got to get what fits and what works for everybody. Yeah, absolutely, and that is that is phenomenal advice. It's phenomenal. Um, it's a phenomenal tip. Um, now. Being such a big dealer and carrying so many different uh, bows inside of the bear lineup, um, you're no stranger to, you know, we can go like we, and we've talked about this. We've already alluded to it. Um, you know, bear makes the Royale all the way up to the refined. Um, so they make sure. something for literally everyone, um, which is why I think, in my opinion, bear archery is the best bow company because they leave absolutely no one out. When I look at the new bear catalog, I can literally say, oh, there's my new compound. Oh, there's my new recurve. Oh, there's my wife's new compound. There's my wife's new recurve. There's my kid's new compound. There's my other kid's new compound. Oh, there's a new compound for my three-year-old. They don't leave anybody yep. out. Um, and that's why no, I they, think they cover. They very well cover the market. That's for sure. Yes. 100%. And that's why I believe them to be uh, just leaps and bounds above everybody else because nobody else uh, comes out with nine new bows in a year. Nobody. <laughs> and, but I think it's part of the, the heritage and the philosophy uh, of even going back to Fred Bear. He wanted everybody to have a bow in their hand. Uh, he, was, he was a firm believer in the flight of the arrow and, and just the joy that it can bring you. I mean, when we work with kids, I'm a, a coach on our, our local NAS team, and, um, and and we do some summer camps throughout the years with some, some church camps and different things, and, and I recently met with the Boy Scouts. But anyway, the youth, I mean, you, you take a kid who's never shot a bow, um, and you put a bow in their hand and let them see the arrow fly um, and let them pop a balloon or actually just, you know, the joy of even just hitting the blasted target. You know, there's something that we take for granted after doing it for, you know, 40, 50 years of our lives. You know, we're mad when we're not slapping quarters at 40 yards. And but to take a kid who 
who has a bale in front of them and just watch their eyes light up when they hit the bale. Um, I, you know, it's that, that's, that's what we got to focus on, you know, for the future is making sure these kids enjoy the sport and, uh, and giving them the proper equipment to do so. But, but bear does a great job, like you said, of having, you know, from the, from that little first shot recurve that you can hand your three-year-old, all the way up to the refine that you can hand Chuck Adams, a seasoned veteran, uh, or the Alaskan that's somewhere in the middle as far as price point, but still is a fantastic shooting bow. And, and you got something for everybody, and everybody can enjoy the sport. Um, you know, I, I even had the – it was pretty cool. I, I have a two-year-old, and she's uh, quite active, to say the least. And uh, and my 12-year-old shoots on the NAS team, but, but it was pretty cool. My two-year-old, I gave her – uh, an old bear brave that that my 12 year old had shot several years ago as one of her first bows and i took her out in the yard and she's two years old um and i helped her pull it back and, and to see her eyes light up when that arrow flew uh was was just exciting you know i mean that's that's what we're in this for is to give people enjoyment it's it's a fun sport and uh i've always said for for many years, it's one of the few sports that that anybody can participate in at any age. Uh, it's a lifelong passion that you can have, and and I certainly myself I do have. Um, but you know, all all the society wants to put a lot of pressure on kids to to play soccer and basketball and football and all that stuff. And I always look at people and go, how many tw- even twenty five year olds do you know playing a pickup game of football? let alone a 40 year old, none, (laughs) none is the answer. You know, unless you happen to be one of those elite people who make it to the pros and and those people are few and far between God bless them for those who do. But, you know, if I want to put a lot of of love and enjoyment uh, in a kid's life, give them some archery, Uh, let them shoot a bow. And then when they're 25, they'll still be shooting a bow. And when they're 35, they'll still be shooting a bow. And, and you may be like my dad and you'll be 73 uh, and still shooting a compound bow and, and enjoying every minute of it. You just back the poundage down or, or make the adjustments for, for how life treats you. Um, but, but nobody's out playing a game of football or soccer at 25, let alone at 73. You know, I mean, it's just a lifelong passion and enjoyable sport that, that you can enjoy at any age and any ability. Um, it's just something that I think you can give a kid that will carry all the way through adulthood. And there's not a lot of sports like that. Yeah. hundred percent, a thousand percent. Um, the gentleman that taught me how to shoot a recurve, his name's Harv Ebers. Um, he was one of the founding members of, of Pope and young, uh, good friends of Fred bear. Uh, his dad's the current president of Pope and Young. I'm sorry, his son's the current president of Pope and Young. Um, taught me how to shoot a recurve, pull up to his house, and uh, he's, I would say, 80-ish. And I said, uh, so do you still get to shoot your bow? You know, and uh, and he said, I shot a doe with it two nights ago. And I'm like, there <laughs> you go. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, yeah. And so we had a big talk about, you know, longevity and, um, yeah. But no, it's it's a super special thing. Um, now, one last thank you to our friends over at Selway Archery. Um, 
I know you're going to start carrying the new grayling quiver from Selway, um, which is beautifully uh, made. Uh, Fred Bear branded. It's an awesome quiver from Selway. Um, you can get them from Bear Archery now. You can get them from Mike's Archery now. Um, or you can get them from Selway. Uh, but Selway makes, in my opinion, the very best in traditional quivers. Um, so whether you're looking at a grayling for a, your bear bow or whether you're looking at uh, something else, um, they also make some incredible custom-made uh, leather hooded quivers. I've got a beautiful Pope and Young one. I've got a beautiful Hunting 101 one. And, of course, uh, the one that everybody knows of that's on my Kodiak Hunter, my Razorback one. So um, go check out Selway Archery for all of your traditional archery quiver needs. Mike, I ask every guest, uh, what's one field note you got for us? One tip or trick uh, that I can take and put in my back pocket and make myself a better hunter with? Oh, wow. One one tip, that's all, huh? <laughs> that's it. Um, probably the best advice I can give you, go. I know that sounds simple, um, but it, it's, it's the guy who's in the woods who gets the opportunity to take the, the game. And if you're not there, then you can't be successful. And so maybe that sounds too simple. I don't know. It's not necessarily the, you know, a, a technique or a, you know, a hunting tip or a shooting tip or anything like that. But uh, you can have all the best equipment in the world. And you can't kill them from the couch. Yeah. So there has been several every- times where I was out and, you know, given for whatever reason, it's too hot or where I'm hunting or who I'm with or whatever. I just have no expectations for the day. Um, you know, I don't have any high hopes. Uh, you already good things think, happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then something phenomenal happens and you're like, well, I'm glad I went. Although I thought it was going to be a trash day. I'm glad I went, you know? Um, and, and you're absolutely right. It can never happen if I'm not out there. Yeah. Whether the weather's bad or the weather's good, if you only hunt the good days now, I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, having a strategic plan and, you know, a lot of guys are using a lot of different ways to, to close in on game, whether it be cameras or good equipment or blinds or food plots and all that stuff ups your odds and helps uh to certainly you know put game where you need it to be yeah uh, and understanding there's nothing there's no there's just no substitute for experience um but you can't get experience if you're not there now let so, me say this i i'm a huge believer in cellular trail cameras uh, i'm a huge believer i use um what's called wise eye uh the wise eye trail cameras um great, great product we, we were glad to bring those on you know yes. as soon as they came out it, the software on those things are amazing. We were one of the first people to get to review them and, and play with them. Um, and I, I don't know from a, from an internal software standpoint, I don't know that there's a more advanced trail camera out there. Oh no, uh, no, they're the smartest trail camera there is. Um, and, and that's what I was going to say is for those who don't know what they are, uh, basically you can, you can, it will send you all of the, the deer and it will, it will break them out into folders based off of antler recognition technology. So if I've got a deer that I name uh, the big eight, I can go in there and I can see every day 
um, that the big eight comes in and it will graph that based off of moon phases, temperatures, wind direction for when that deer is coming in. So I can really nail down what the best day and the best tree stand to kill the big eight is. Now on that day, I will go sit that best tree stand. However, we're talking about going out, whether the weather looks good, the wind direction's good. We're talking about going out if you have the chance. If it doesn't look good, do not go to a primary spot. Like don't, if, right. unless everything's perfect, I'm not going to that tree stand where I think I can kill the big eight. Um, now, if I have the opportunity to hunt, I'll go sit an observation set or I'll go sit a secondary set. You know, one that something cool might happen, but I'm not putting my eggs in one basket. Um, because what happens is I want to be out there and I want to hunt, but I don't want to booger up the big eight being in his, in his primary locations with a bad wind or uh, bad weather or uh, you name it. Um, so if it's a bad situation, given the weather or the wind direction or whatever it might be, go to a secondary spot. Don't burn your best spots on bad days. Sure. That's my go, tip. Go shoot a doe. To go or, off your tip. Or go, go sit another spot. You may have something better than the big eight come by. <laughs> yeah. That's my tip. Uh, one day, I really wanted to hunt. I'm like, baby, I really want to hunt. Uh, but I have no good spots uh, with what's going on uh, with the barometric pressure and with the wind direction. I don't have any good spots, but I really want to go hunt. So I'm going to go sit on top of this hill and just watch. Um, I can see like three different tree stands from this place. I'm just going to go sit and watch what happens. And it was the middle of the rut and it was a banger of an evening. I saw like 42 deer and three different times, obviously none were big or the story would have ended with, and I put an arrow through him. Uh, but I was sitting there and three different times I had deer come within feet of me. I'm sitting on the ground, um, literally just sitting on the ground in the middle of a wide open wheat field, uh, just watching. And I had three different bucks come within like 10 feet of me. It was phenomenal. It was the best that I've ever had. I didn't shoot anything. Um, but it was phenomenal. And just like you said, that could have never happened if I'm like, Oh, bad wind. I'm staying home. Uh, but I pulled out of all my spots, didn't booger up any of them. It was like November 7th. So I'm definitely not going to mess anything up. Uh, so I pulled everything out and I just sat on top of a hill and I just watched and I had a phenomenal set a phenomenal hunt. And just as easy as one of those spikes or four keys or six points could have walked next to me, a stinking in 160 inch could have. Um, so yeah, great tip. Um, and then, you know, I'll just follow it up with, if it's not perfect, don't go to your best spot. Absolutely. There's always some place you can go. There's always something you can learn um, from the animals, from the, from the area. Uh, just, there's always something you can learn when you go in the woods. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, where can they, where, not Mike. <laughs> That's all right. Where can they find, <laughs> where can they find Mike's archery? Uh, all your wonderful places. So mikesarchery.com on the web. You can certainly contact us on Facebook under Mike's Archery, Instagram under Mike's Archery. Uh, I believe we now have a TikTok where we do dumb things um, against my better judgment, but we do it. And um, I think that covers most of our platforms. Of course, our YouTube channel, uh, which is also under Mike's Archery. Um, just a lot of different avenues there. And of course, you can email us there at customer service at mikesarchery.com. Or give us a call also, 740-532-0142 if you want to call us. I would we, highly we like recommend to everybody. you guys, highly recommend you to follow the YouTube channel. 
uh, because you will get the the first reviews of bear archery bows from Mike there. Um, yep. You know, like the day they're released, you'll see the review from Mike. So uh, from Mike's archery, we, we try to we try to get them as quick as possible and, yeah. and be ahead of the game as much as we can. Uh, and not only with bear archery, but with, with all the other brands as well. Um, you know, we, we, we just are partial to bear. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Um, guys go check out Mike's archery. Uh, if you're in the area, go shop at Mike's. If not, you can still shop at Mike's. Um, so go check them out. I do have one special guest, um, just walked in the room and, uh, and she's been dying to be on a podcast. So she's going to send us off. Fantastic. They have a great week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Bear Archery's Hunting 101. The Bear Archery's Hunting 101. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. You guys have a great week. And uh, as always, it is still spring turkey in some places. It is still spring bear. Um, so if you're out there and you're successful, uh, make sure and send us those pictures. Send me those pictures, the Hunting 101 podcast at gmail.com. You can send them to me on Instagram um at typical sportsman i would love to share in your success i would love to see those so make sure and send them over you guys have a great week